prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of The Legend of Retro. I am The Glitch, and I'm here with my Bash brother, Craig WK. Indeed, and great to be here with you, buddy. What do we have for the people today, Craig? Today we're talking about uh, a game that I think means quite a bit to you, uh, but honestly, I had never really played it that much growing up. Uh, Battletoads and Double Dragon, the ultimate team. The ultimate team. Yeah, developed by Rare and released for the Super Nintendo on December 1st, 1993, this beat-em-up features the cast of the two titular series joining up to battle against their greatest foes. Yep, and it was also released on the NES and Genesis and the Game Boy. Game Boy had a version? Yeah, there was a Game Boy version. I never played that one. I do have a copy of the NES and the Super Nintendo. I don't, yeah, I don't see it on the my Genesis shelf. But yeah, Game Boy, I was surprised to see that. And honestly, it looks pretty good on the Game Boy. It's just, there's not, I mean, the Game Boy didn't have a lot of screen, you know, a lot of room to work with, so. Yeah, yeah not much uh, real estate on the Game Boy nope. screen, I'm afraid. I No, that's interesting. I, I've never played the Game Boy one. I would be curious to, to, to know if that holds up. Uh, so, uh, for those who don't know... I have no idea what a battle toad is or what a double <laughs> dragon is. Uh, let's let's lay down uh, what each franchise is and kind of why it's sort of interesting that they are together because they're not yeah. owned by the same company. Nope, nope. So uh, Double Dragon is a beat 'em up series that started on maybe arcades, but I think gained popularity on Nintendo anyway. Yeah, no, it started as an arcade. Yeah. And uh, uh, by Technos Japan. Yes, Technos Japan uh, holds the rights to uh, uh, Double Dragon. And Billy and Jimmy, or otherwise known as Bimmy and Jimmy, depending <laughs> on localization, uh, are two brothers. One of them gets their girlfriend stolen in the first game. Yeah. Or maybe it's the girl they both like. It's it's a little vague. So no, it, so it's Billy's girlfriend. Okay. And so I mean, I guess we can go through a little bit of the history. In the arcade, it's a two-player beat 'em up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go and you rescue Billy's girlfriend. Jimmy also tags along. But in the NES, spoiler, it's only one player, and the final villain is Jimmy, which does cause confusion as to was Jimmy like in love with Billy's girlfriend? Like, what's going on there? Yeah. That's kind of weird and awkward. I mean, it's one thing that your sibling is in love with your significant other. It's another thing altogether when they have your significant other beat up, stolen, and they kidnap them. That's a little... That's pushing it. And I should specify, the NES version is two-player, but it's like, you don't... It's not co-op. You're still playing as Billy and both both players. Yeah, yeah. You take turns. Yeah, one of the take turns style beat-em-ups which is really (laughs) dumb real dumb uh but then yeah battletoads yeah so battletoads is this utterly ridiculous series that rare came up with where and i think they were trying to play on the success of uh uh teenage mutant ninja turtles but your anthropomorphic like frogmen toads 
and uh, you fight the Dark Queen and her like rat people. Yeah, yeah. It's it's real weird. Uh, and the the they're the greatest names too. Uh, yes. Uh, hold on. Can I remember them? Uh, Zitz, Rash, and Pimple. Yep. Yeah, and uh, uh, the weird thing is, like, Double Dragon isn't known for obscene difficulty. It, it's, you know, not the easiest games ever, but, you know, Battletoads is one of the most, like, infamous games for difficulty because of the stupid Turbo Tunnel. Yeah, and it was Tradewinds who developed Battletoads in the NES, and they're the ones who... Or Trade West, I'm sorry, Trade West. Trade Winds is a drink. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Huh. Uh, and they're the ones, so Trade West is also the ones who developed this game. So it was basically like the same assets as the NES Battletoads were just used to make this game. Yeah, it's, uh, well, did uh, Trade West make the game or did Rare make the game? Because I was under the impression that Rare developed it in Well, Trade yeah, Rare West. developed it. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I'm sorry. And they, oh. yeah, Trade West published it. published yeah, it okay right. yeah because i thought it was interesting that uh essentially rare just got a hold of the rights to double dragon and uh technos japan didn't really have anything to do with the creation of the game yeah yeah their involvement was basically non-existent yeah licensing that's it yeah that's all you know uh and because of that i mean there are a few mistakes like did you did you catch that so willie is a character that's the one you fight at the end of Double Dragon 1. He's in this game, but he's called Robbie or something like that, or Rob. Oh. What's his name? Yeah, so it's the gun-wielding guy who's Willie. He's He looks just like Willie from the arcades in the first game, and it's, he's just called, like, Rob. I wonder if maybe they were going with, like, maybe they used the Japanese name for him or something. Well, I think it was just a mistake, because in everything I looked up, it was just like, yeah, Rare didn't know what they were doing because they didn't know the lore, so they just named them something else. Oh, man. Uh, what's uh, interesting, too, is uh, 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 because of the Double Dragon... Roper. Sorry, I just looked up. Roper was the name of the of Willie's character in this game. Oh, Roper. yeah, that's right, Roper. Weird. I. Uh, but no, I was gonna say the uh, the success of uh, the Double Dragon movie prompted the Double Dragon cartoon series in America, and so I wonder if that had a hand in uh, boosting like sales of this game, uh, because I think the cartoon came out uh, maybe before or after. Now I don't know. Uh, did you ever watch the Double Dragon cartoon series? So I never watched the cartoon. I obviously saw the movie. <laughs> oh, obviously. And, and owned it on VHS. <laughs> Do you know when that movie came out? Uh, I want to say that was like 94. It would have been after the game, I'm pretty oh, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, the original uh, run of this game was uh, September 1993 to December of 94. Uh, so I, I guess technically the... Uh, I. Uh, because this came out in oh no December the cartoon would have started by then that's interesting yeah and I mean the June so the the one on the NES was released June a little bit earlier oh. than the Super Nintendo version too that's kind of weird although it's also weird that the Nintendo was still having games pumping out games I mean that's when all the like Ducktales two and 
Yeah. Like little Samson, all those like hidden gems started coming out then. Gems that uh, nobody had because uh, they moved on to the Super <laughs> Nintendo, so now they're because the Super Nintendo been out for three years. I. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, let's. Uh, uh, yeah, so they, I mean, yeah, they so they take these two, like different different worlds, and they combine them, in what I consider one of the greatest crossovers of all time. I then now that's a bold statement because Jetsons meet the Flintstones exists, <laughs> and we know that's the pinnacle. All right, uh, video game crossovers. So all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, yeah. But no, yeah, uh, honestly, when I'm thinking about it, there's like you know there's Smash Brothers, right. Uh, but there's like SNK, Capcom. Yeah, Capcom versus SNK. Okay, yep. Uh, but there's not a lot of crossovers because a lot of the times game companies don't get along. Yeah. They don't play it, nice with each other. Yeah, because nobody Brothers, wants to share the wealth. Yeah, basically. Smash Brothers is like the, the, the like Norman Rockefeller painting of Thanksgiving of video <laughs> games. It's like everyone getting along, forgetting the horrible tragedies that came before to make that day happen, and it's picturesque and beautiful. But that doesn't happen very often. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, Double Dragon and uh, Battletoads get together. And you might think, oh, what kind of amazing plot did they come up with to get these two crazy universes together? And I'll tell you. The Battletoads find out that the Dark Queen is going to Earth, and they're like, call the Double Dragons! <laughs> and the Double Dragons get the phone call, and they're like, we'll join you, and that's it. They, The Battletoads come down to Earth, pick up the Double Dragon guys, and then they go into space to start fighting. Pretty much. It is the stupidest thing I have ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. Look, they're getting straight to the point. What else do you need? I feel the, like... The Dark if, Queen teams up with the... What is it? The Shadow... What do they call themselves? Uh, Shadow... Shadow Lou is Street Fighter. Shadow Warriors? Shadow... I think Brigade? you're right, Shadow Warriors. Shadow Warriors. I think that might be it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know about you, Glitch, but if uh, my... If my computer was taken over by three anthropomorphic toads and they're like, the Dark Queen's coming your way. Do you want to kick some butt? I'd be like, no. No, I don't want anything to do with this. Please leave well, that's me why, Well, wrong, you're man. not Bimmy or Jimmy, so obviously you don't feel the same way. Yeah. Also, uh, the the professor guy who helps out the battle toads, he hails the dragon, uh, uh, double dragon guys. As Earth's mightiest warriors. <laughs> Two street toughs from this like decaying, crumbling city are the two greatest warriors on the planet? That's all the Earth has? What nightmare world is Double Dragon? Look, it, there's no superheroes, there's no Spider Man, you just got Billy and Jimmy Lee. That's all you got. Bimmy and Jimmy here Bimmy to save and Jimmy. the day. Professor T-Bird. Oh, is that his name? That's his. That's his name. Professor T-Bird. The the Battle Toads are just they're gnarly dudes, and they got these cool hip names, Rash, and they're they're led by Miss Professor T-Bird, and I it's just all. T-Bird. Yeah, it's just over it the light, top. It was light powder blue. Huh, missed that car. Anyway, uh, so, yeah. yeah. So what you you said you didn't play this game growing up? 
Hold on. I kind of want to talk more about my old Thunderbird. Can we? <laughs> Powder Blue, imagine it glitch. No, uh, I, I think I rented this game as a kid like once. And uh, honestly, because I rented uh, Turtles in Time a lot, that's what I went back to. Like, I, I this game is fun. Like, this is a very good game. Uh, and and it's interesting that the they pull mechanics from both Double Dragon and Battletoads. I think they do a good job of using both the source materials uh, pretty well. Uh, but I was always such a huge fan of Turtles in Time, uh, which I hail as, like, the best beat-em-up ever. And so I didn't really play this that much growing up. Yeah. And, I mean, I can't fault you for that. Turtles in Time is definitely more superior than this game. And also, I mean, Turtle in Time works on a mechanic where when you're playing with co-op, you're playing with someone else, it doesn't hinder you. Mm-hmm. See, games like Battletoads and Battletoads and Double Dragon, when you have a weaker player, it holds the better player back. Yeah. And in games like Turtles in Time, if someone dies and gets to lose all their lives, the stronger player can lead them to the next stage and just finish the stage. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Not in these games. In these games... The worst player dies, loses all their lives. The whole level starts over. And you continue with the lives that you had when the second player died. So you're going to have less lives than the person that just died. And then you're going to die. And it's going to start over again. That's just... It's just... It's torture. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was the stronger player whenever I would play with my brother. My brother, for some reason, could not grasp this game at all. Really? Yeah. And I honestly, I never beat this game until uh, an adult. When I had my buddy Pete come over, we played it. And he's, you know, fairly good at games. He comes to my tournaments and does pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we beat it finally, years, years later. But it was, it, was, it was one of those things where, like in the original Battletoads, if you had someone that couldn't match your ability, they just, you know, you just had to keep starting over and starting over. I, I don't think that... I, I feel like, uh, uh, on one hand, you know, it's it's wonderful that, that, you know, games are more and more accessible, especially nowadays. I wouldn't say that there's anything inherently wrong with a game that does it the opposite way, like Battletoads, where it rewards skill rather than, you know, allowing you to, like, continue through the game for not being as good. But I gotta say, uh, if you want someone to play your game to the end... Maybe don't make it punishing like that. <laughs> you know? It just that just doesn't seem like great game design. Well, they didn't want people to beat it over a weekend. Too. Well, That's I mean that was one. the rental the rental market industry at the time is yeah, they yep. didn't want it uh to be too easy. They wanted uh, an excuse for, you know, uh you know, for, for people to buy the game. Yeah. And so I mean with we can talk a little about the gameplay. So yeah, I mean there's yeah. There's what? There's seven, six stages? Seven I think stages? seven. Okay. And uh, so with the main screen, you can choose any of the five characters. So you can choose uh, either Billy or Jimmy, Rash, Sits, or Pimple. Mm-hmm. Did you have a preference that you picked? I typically, I never really got into uh, Battletoads as a kid. Uh, I had played it at like my cousin's a few times. And because the game's difficult, we didn't get very far. Uh, but I owned uh double dragon to the revenge on nintendo mm-hmm. as a kid and so yeah. i preferred playing as like you know billy you know uh maybe the other one but they're both about the same to me okay 
And when I get into the speedrunning, those are obviously the right choices. Oh, really? But uh, I was a big Battletoads kid growing up, and Pimple isn't in the first game. He's one of the people that get abducted per the storyline. So I was excited to choose Pimple because he's bigger, he's stronger. I mean, obviously his stats are the same as all the other turtles or toads in this game, but <laughs> Freudian slip. Yeah, oops, turtles. Uh, but yeah, so I chose Pimple. Pimple was my dude, it and is they all have yeah. So they all have different abilities. Yeah, but what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna mention that it is interesting that, uh, you know, the character that they put in this game. I mean, like, could you ever play as him before this? Because in any game, because he's not in the first Battle Toads. Maybe Battletoads and Battle Maniacs for Super Nintendo? Did that come out before this? I want to say they came out at around yeah, the same time. Did. Yeah, and you could choose Pimple in that game. Oh, okay, so this is the second game you could yeah. choose Pimple. Uh, but so Billy and Jimmy, they're, you know, their skills match. They do like a jump kick. They do a lot more fists and kicking. The Battletoads, they're very animated. Yeah. So like their fists become big. They've got this like giant boot when they kick. Uh, and, uh, I mean, like I said earlier, it matches a lot of the assets from Rare's Battletoad, so it's basically, like, the same. All, you know, hearts are lives, mm-hmm. the little squares for health, you can pick up squares, you can pick up health, and, uh, it's, you know, matches a lot of things. You have, like, a racing, or you, just like the Turbo Tunnel, you have a level just like that. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I also thought it was super weird and interesting that suddenly, in the midst of the game... You have to fly out into space in a spaceship, and it becomes a shoot 'em up. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's an asteroid rip off, and actually, that was my favorite level. I'm not surprised that the asteroids rip off is your favorite level in this uh, game, uh, and I don't feel like any of our listeners are surprised to hear that. <laughs> uh, uh, did you have a favorite level or something? Something like a boss that annoyed you? The first level is very vivid in my mind because of renting it as a kid and, like, playing that first level. Uh, That's the one that stands out to me the most. But uh, in preparation for, uh, uh, you know, our recording today, I, of course, you know, watched a a little walkthrough of the game. And uh, I I really love the fact that, like, the I think of the Robo-Manus stage. You fight the dude at the, like, the cone of the spaceship. It then crashes into the planet, and then <laughs> somehow it crashes right where, like, the Shadow Warrior's base is, and Shadow Lord, or whatever his name is, like the boss from Double Dragon, who's the second-to-last boss, is like, I'm gonna teach you guys a lesson. And it's like, they just rode a spaceship, <laughs> crashed it into the planet, and came out without a scratch. And you want to pick a fight with these guys? You're an idiot. You're the <laughs> it's like biggest a, it's idiot. It's like a giant missile, too. Like, it's just, as soon as you finish the asteroid stage, all of a sudden this, like, giant missile missile ship appears from the guts of the ship you just destroyed and then just starts going. And they jump on it and they're riding this missile. <laughs> it is so insane. It is it is utterly ridiculous. I mean, that's that's hardcore right there. Yeah, it is, it is I, I dare say, radical. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the the just the sheer ridiculousness of that is awesome. I I I I, I thought that uh, uh, it was interesting that like because they're pulling from both these universes, you're in a spaceship, and like the ladies with whips from Double Dragon start coming out en masse, and it's like mm-hmm. 
I feel like that's kind of fitting that the Dark Queen has like a series, like an army of like attractive women in like jean jackets with whips. Like that's that's very fitting for her, but that's still really weird. Although also, what are you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say, is it just me or may or should maybe the the final bosses of these two franchises be flipped? Like, the Dark Queen kind of fits more in Double Dragon, and this guy with the crazy Darth Vader mask kind of fits more in Battletoads, right? Not, I don't know, because the Queen has, like, superpowers. That's true. That's fair. That's yeah. very fair. But so it's more, I, I think aesthetically, yeah. at least. Right? Like, attractive woman with black hair, looks like a regular human... And dude in Darth Vader mask, I feel like the guy in the Darth Vader mask fits a little better in the series where they're, you know, toads in space. Yeah, but I, I think toads going off after a woman is less, like, I don't know, doesn't seem as abusive. That's uh, fair. There's than, also, two, than two bullies beating up a woman. I don't know. There is also the... the which I don't know if they did on purpose, but the sort of fairy tale inverse that Battletoads has going on, where you know you have the old fairy tales of like the the you know princess kissing a frog and it becomes a prince or whatever. True. And yeah. this you have a bunch of toad men hunting down the dark <laughs> queen who's evil, and so like you know there there is sort of this weird fractured fairy tale kind of thing going on with the Battletoads universe, and I guess you lose that if you know you have cliche evil dude in helmet. Right. Uh, but regardless, uh, both series but, are weird. But to add to your having the female enemies, mm -hmm. do you remember how they beat them up in that in this game? Uh, no, not uh, not jumping out. At, uh, so they punch them and then they grab them by their hair and swing them from side to side. That just, I mean, you know, I, I guess when you're fighting for. For the planet, you do what you have to do. But I just feel like there's there's less uh, crappy ways of fighting. Like, like you know, I I'm a proponent that if you're in a real fist fight, like a real fight, like you know, and fighting is scary. Uh, if you're in a real fight, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, you don't want to fight dirty because then you'll look bad. And it's like, yeah, but you gotta survive. If you're in a street fight, you do what you can to live. But I still don't know. I feel like if I was, like, ganged up by, like, you know, a bunch of people, I still don't know if I'd pull hair. You, uh, you'd pull the Homer Simpson training. you throw mud in his eye and kick him <laughs> in the family jewels, right? <laughs> you, uh, uh, then you, uh, scream, I'm a hemophiliac, and when he's <laughs> looking away disgusted, you hit him in the back of the head. Uh, yeah, I, you know. Why are we talking about real fighting? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I got some stuff for speedrunning. Yeah, absolutely. Lay it on us. Uh, what, All do, right, what do you so have for speedrunning? There is an any percent. There's also a co-op, uh, both held by J.K. Neff. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously the co-op is with a buddy of his. The any percent is 18 minutes, 35 seconds, which seems about right. There's, there's not a lot of skipping you can do. You can't really, you know, skip a stage. It's just... Executing the battles, the enemies, as quick as possible. Okay. Uh, the co-op is 18 minutes, 12 seconds, so it's slightly faster. Um, they use Billy or Jimmy Lee uh, because their their jump kick is really strong. 
Um, and the Battletoads have long animations. So anytime they're picking up a weapon or they're kicking someone, it takes longer to hit the enemy and gives them the ability to, you know, bounce back up or something. That makes sense. Um, he does a trick in stage two, which is the hover bike stage, which uh-huh. is kind of like the turbo tunnel from the first game. Um, there's a section where these like little pebbles show up. Uh, happens twice, but uh, between the two, there's a section where you fight enemies. If you just ignore the enemy that's coming at you on the bike, it completely skips that section and just goes straight to the the final boss, which saves like 40 seconds. Oh. I figured out. Um, there's an exploit in the game. Uh, Robo Manus, who is the enemy you fight on the missile spaceship. Yeah, yeah. If you don't walk all the way to the right for him to jump out of his uh, seat at the front of the ship, you can actually kick him out of the seat and he won't move as long as you don't progress to the right. Really? So you can just keep hitting him over and over. As long as he doesn't go too far to the right, he won't animate himself and start fighting you. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Uh, there's a cheat code, which I think is pretty useful for people if they want to use it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. At the character select screen, if you press up, down, down, up, X, B, Y, A, you can choose any level. And you also get 10 lives instead of the six you start with, five or six. Oh, that's pretty slick. Yeah. So, and then uh, I, I found a little bit of stuff about the reception. I mean, the game was somewhat well received. Uh, you know, it was obviously extremely difficult. Um, IGN rated it in the top 10 video game crossovers of all time. Uh, and also, what, What's Cultures ranked it eighth on the 15th best crossover video games of all time. And obviously, oh, Smash cool. Brothers and like Kingdom Hearts and Capcom SNK, those were like the top three. I, yeah, I, in my book, Capcom vs. SNK 2 is my favorite, I think, just because I love that game so much. But I mean, you can't go wrong with Smash Brothers and. Kingdom Hearts is a series. <laughs> <laughs> I like the first game. I I I have a, a really hate hate relationship with Nomura, the guy behind Kingdom Hearts, mm. uh, which I feel like I could take an entire Patreon special just babbling about my my disdain for what <laughs> he's done to video games. I uh, but that's neither here nor there. I uh, the I. Uh, uh, one one other thing that popped in my head uh, about this game that I thought was kind of interesting is it, it almost has more plot than you might like. Even though the plot is ridiculous, it almost has a little bit more plot than most other beat 'em ups because in between levels you have Professor uh, T Hawk, uh, T Bird, T Bird. Yes, my car, not the Street Fighter character. I. Uh, you have uh, Professor T-Bird, uh, who, like, gives you hints and talks about, like, the enemy and, like, oh, watch out for Roper's machine gun and stuff like that, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting, like, because normally in beat-em-ups, it's just go to next level, beat up more people, you know? Yeah. Well, don't the Streets of Rage games have, like, cutscenes and stuff in between the stages? Streets of Rage does. Uh, Streets of Rage is kind of rare that, uh, and I'm not in between most levels, it's usually, well, I think Street Fighter... Excuse me. Streets of Rage three. I think the third one had uh, 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 more cut, like cut scenes, so to speak, uh, okay. in between levels. Uh, but the first one and the second one, I think, had more minimal stuff. It was maybe at the end. I, uh, but I, uh, I gotta say the the one thing 
uh, about the the story that I think is is a, kind of a misnote is the ending is super lame. The ending. I'm trying is, to remember the ending. What happens at the end? The end is just, hey guys, you did it. Yeah, they'll think twice before <laughs> tangling with us again. The end. Like that's it. It's it like for as ridiculous as the story gets, like you know, riding spaceships and you know, crash landing rockets and into like evil guys' bases and stuff. Like just how utterly over the top that is. You defeat the Dark Queen, and it's just like you did it. And it's like you couldn't have had like them in a spaceship partying together or something. Like you couldn't have done something ridiculous like that. Them riding in a convertible down a street with like the the three battle toads in the back seat or something like that you could have done something <laughs> pizza boxes open they're drinking shakes professor T-Bird, ladies everywhere professor t-bird is riding in a powder blue t-bird they, cut, like, they cut to a strip club and <laughs> professor t-bird's getting lap dances uh, no, nah, I don't think I think no, we've gone too that's far not here. The, that's not the version you wanted. Uh, I I no uh, something similar. I just feel like you took it a step too far, like usual glitch. Yeah, that's what I do. I uh, you want to talk about Dragon Quest and Puff Puffs? I'd rather talk about the uh, music. Uh, but before that, let's hear a word from one of our partners. Imagine being stuck in a room for days, far from your friends and family, while feeling sick and scared. Now, imagine being in that same room but having access to online gaming, virtual reality, 3D printing, Lego robotics, and the ability to create your own Twitch channel. At CS Mott Children's Hospital, we use video game technology to improve our patients' lives and help them reach their therapeutic goals. But we can't do it without your help. Every device and interaction provided to our patients is paid for by the thoughtful donations of gamers like you. If you want to help, then go to tiltify.com slash mottchildren that's T-I-L-T-I-F-Y dot com slash M-O-T-T children. There, you can make a one-time donation or, if you're a content creator, learn how to stream for Mott. So if you want to help other gamers like you, please visit Tiltify.com slash Mott children and play for the little victors. Well, Craig, he's back. My the boy. King, David Wise. David Wise did indeed compose the music for this game. Uh, He's worked on many different games uh, for Rare over the years. Uh, He's done Wizards and Warriors, RC Pro-Am, of course, Battletoads, and a little series called Donkey Kong Country. Never heard of it. Yeah, you know, it's a little on the rarer side. Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, oh! yeah, so he did Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, and 3, as well as uh, Tropical Freeze, which is uh, has a really great soundtrack as well. Uh, so, we're going to listen to a uh, few of the songs here. Uh, first up, we have uh, the, uh, uh, the main theme. Uh, this is one of the ones that uh, Glitch chose. Uh, we're going to go ahead and listen to a, a little bit of this here. Uh, so, go ahead and enjoy.
David Wise is so good. That song is so it's so hardcore. Like it's so metal that you got these two worlds combining, and like that's how you present it. It's just perfect. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. Uh, the work that David Wise does, and and this game has uh, I, I feel like a pretty underrated soundtrack. Uh, you know, David Wise's work in Donkey Kong Country is like hailed as some of the best in video game history, and they're not wrong. It's it's very well done. Uh, but I feel like this game has a really solid soundtrack. It's it's way more you know rock heavy metal kind of style uh, than something like uh, Donkey Kong Country. Uh, so next up we have uh, one of my choices. Uh, this is the theme called Rat Chip. Uh, this one's a little bit less rocking, a little bit more uh, almost like more somber, so to speak. Uh, so let's go ahead and give this a listen glitch. song quite a bit i uh i feel like it's i i wouldn't say that this song would fit in a donkey Kong country game by any means but i feel like you can tell that it's the same composer almost yeah. like that it kind of bridges in between the two games to a certain extent at least compositionally yeah 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 there's a couple songs on the soundtrack that are a little bit like that uh this one so this is the stage the asteroid stage and what's funny about it is, so you're, you've played this whole game all the way up to this point. Controls are the same. Everything's the same. Jump, kick, punch, mm -hmm. etc. In the, the the bike part of stage two, you get a little bit of time to fool around with the controls, figure out what's jump. You can move forward and backward, side to side. Okay. In this level, you're thrown into a spaceship. And immediately there's asteroids coming at you full speed. And they break apart if you shoot them. So you got to figure out what's go, what's reverse, how to move. And it's not easy. If you've ever played the original Asteroids games, those controls are very tanky. And oh, that's yeah. exactly how this stage is. 
yeah, I, uh, I, I enjoy asteroids uh, quite a bit. But yeah, it is very tanky controls. Like, because you have to move forward and then hold left or right to change what direction you're going and then press forward again to move. It's not very fluid. Yeah. Uh, so uh, here's a song that both uh, Glitch and I uh, wanted to uh, have you guys listen to. It is uh, Robo Manus. The, the, this is the level with the... Uh, uh, the rocket, essentially, right? Going into the Earth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and give this a listen. think that we can both agree that that's basically what happened was is david wise was like i need to write more 80s power ballads <laughs> like that's what happened right yeah yeah this is this is a song uh, i could hear off europe's album or something like that yeah it, it's insane it's so amazing it is i think that might be my favorite uh song uh, uh, from the soundtrack, and I'm not gonna lie, there is a small part of me that kind of wishes that I had known about it earlier for the stage theme uh, 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 competition because that might be a runner. That's really good. And David Wise is already in our stage theme bracket. He doesn't need to destroy it entirely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, that's fair. That's fair. I uh, so. Uh, so those are the, the, the selection of songs uh, that we uh, uh, have for you guys. The, the soundtrack as a whole, definitely listen to it. You know, it's, I don't know, maybe like, a, uh, like an hour-long video on YouTube or something like that. You can track down the whole soundtrack. 
Uh, and it's awesome. Like, David Wise definitely knocks it out of the park with this one. And it's a shame that uh, more people don't talk about the soundtrack to this game because, yeah, it's it's very good. It's a different feeling than Donkey Kong Country soundtracks, but it's still very awesome. It's it's because it's a Battletoads game. Nobody ever wants to talk positively, I should say, about a Battletoads game. Because Battletoads is just one of those things that just, like, you bring it up and you're just you're taken back and it's like flashbacks and you start to die inside uh if by flashbacks you mean ptsd yeah uh, it, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's it is such a difficult game the original battletoads is so frustrating not only the turbo tunnel not only that you can hurt your friends while you're playing with them just so much about the game is is it's fun but it's immensely frustrating and so i i I'm glad that, you know, because I, I think in this version, there's two different two-player modes, A and B. And I think A lets you hurt your friend, and B, you can't hurt each other. Yeah, one of them you can beat up, which I don't I don't understand why that was ever an option in games what? back in the day. I don't get it. Who that was an option that? In Double Dragon Games had it. It just, yeah, why, why was that ever an option? I, I have no idea. But Joe and Mac had it. It is so dumb. I, I hate that with a fiery passion because it really... Contra had it. Well, actually, no, Contra's was... Contra's A and B was the split screen thing. So oh, no, you couldn't yeah, 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 that's, that's right. right. That's right. God, can you imagine just... if you could shoot your friend in Contra? You wouldn't get past the first stage. <laughs> oh, that'd, be, that'd be so bad. Oh, that would be terrible. Uh, go to shoot someone behind your friend's back and you shoot your friend. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, so... so Battletoads and Double Dragon, the ultimate team. Uh, what are your final thoughts on uh, the game glitch? Because for me, it's it's you know, ch- choose the mode where you can't hurt your friend. Uh, that's the the you know the first thing that comes to my mind. But what do you have for me? Honestly, I was just gonna say, don't even play with a friend. Just play this game by yourself. Play all the characters. Figure out which one you like. Uh, use the cheat code <laughs> so you can you can get some extra lives. Just use the cheat code and pick the first stage if you want, and then just you know you get the extra lives. Or uh, 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 I guess you could also, like, if you get stuck at a point in the game, jump to the level after that so you can experience yeah, more or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's a fun beat-em-up. I, I would put this on, like, my list of top ten beat-em-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I wish games did this more often where they brought two worlds together. Like, I would love to do a Patreon episode where we talk about what would be amazing crossover games. Oh, absolutely. That would be a lot that, of fun. that would be a great list to make up. I mean, could I mean, I'm sure... They've done it with a lot of Mega Man games. Could you imagine, like, like Mega Man and Rubble Pit? Oh, that'd be pretty sweet. Because you get power-ups, right? Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. pretty great. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, I just wish they had more crossover games that wasn't just Smash Brothers. I, uh, yeah, Smash Brothers is basically the king, and everything else is, is you know... Uh, uh, either amazing or kind of dumb, I... Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the only parting thoughts I have are, are, you know, just the fact that I think we can at least all agree on one thing when it comes to these games is that the uh, uh, is that I had a crush on the Dark Queen while I was growing up. I think we all did. Craig. Yeah, I think I think we can all agree on that. We all pretty much had a crush on her. I. Uh, I tell you what, though, Glitch, let's uh, go ahead and uh, jump in 
to our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse. Okay. Boy, do we have a game for you guys. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I just picked this game randomly. Uh, Craig, how do you feel about uh, about the game Wampum? What do you have to say uh, about this game? I feel like, how do I put this delicately? It's racially insensitive Mega Man. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Wampum is a video game uh, that apparently was based uh, upon, uh, it's the North American version of Sayuki World 2, Tenjokai no Majin. Uh, and I I don't know if it got localized in such a way or, or if it already was, but it's called Wampum, which is a... Uh, uh, Supposedly, I, I don't know a lot of the, the, the facts about this, but apparently back in the day, uh, wampum was like a Native American uh, word for currency. And uh, the thing is, is there are so many Native American tribes that like, it's not like it was the word that all Native American tribes used, you know? And so uh, in this game, it's a pun as in wampum, as in beating them up. And uh, to make matters somehow worse, <laughs> the uh, uh, character is a uh, little Native American boy. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh huh. And I, uh, I, uh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, uh, hold huh. on. Uh, I just brought up some information here. Uh, in the Japanese version, I. Uh, it's based on uh, 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 stuff from... It's not supposed to be Native American themed. It's based upon Journey to the West. So, Journey to the West, are you familiar with that? Uh, no. Journey to the West, uh, I've, I've vaguely mentioned it before with you uh, on our episode with Alex Kidd. Uh, or, yeah, Alex Kidd and uh, in... Uh, Miracle World? Miracle World, yes, thank you. Uh, Journey to the West is what Dragon Ball was kind of based on. Uh, it's a story of the the monkey uh, the monkey king who gets roped into working for a uh, Buddhist monk as they travel to the West. Uh, I think from China to India. It's the world's like very first novel. Uh, like it like in real life, it is like the the world's first novels supposedly, and. Uh, I read the first, like, volume of it, and uh, I thought it was immensely boring, uh, but it's very interesting, and apparently, yeah, the Japanese version, it was based on Journey to the West, like, Riding the Cloud, that's uh, totally a Journey to the West thing, which is what Dragon Ball got the idea from, because Goku Wait, right? rides a cloud. There's a part in this, this game where you ride a cloud? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at a screenshot of it right now. At least oh, do you in the Japanese the forest? version. You know what? I think I think I do remember a section in the forest that was like uh, it reminded me of Ice Climber because it had these clouds that were moving. Uh, you know, is there leaves? Are there like leaves in that 
in, screen chat? In this one, it's a, a tower. Uh, tower. Okay, so I didn't get that far. I didn't get to that. Uh, oh, it's uh, one of the totem abilities is what they call it in the American version. Mm, okay. All right, yeah. So it's basically... Uh, yeah, so it's a platformer. You got a gun. You shoot enemies that just seem to be magnetized to you. I had the hardest time when I first played this to not hit any... Like, I hit every single enemy in the first part of this game. Every single one. <laughs> I couldn't avoid them. And you don't get a lot of health. You have like five hearts or something. And every time you get hit, it takes a half or a quarter. But you could pick up lives, which was nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, I feel like it's not as polished. It's a little on the, the, maybe not clunky side entirely, but. uh, I just felt like my hitbox was so large compared to the gun I could use on the enemies. Like, I don't know if maybe later in the game you get a better gun that spreads or something. I don't know, but you have to get super close to enemies and they can just hit you so easily. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It just seemed, it seemed unbalanced. Yeah. It, it's uh, honestly the, the, the gameplay of this game. I, I just, I like, I, I can't get past how racially insensitive the <laughs> game is. <laughs> And I get that it was like the early 90s and they didn't care. Like, you know, it, it was like, you know, the, the you know, the, the, the cowboy and Indian, quote unquote, which is very terrible to say, movies of like the 1950s, uh, like that was somehow still fresh in everyone's mind by the 90s where nobody was really paying a lot of mind to the the horrible treatment of the Native American people uh, by the American government and just in general. And, uh, yeah, it just blows my mind that they they brought over a Journey to the West video game, changed Sun Wukong, essentially Goku, into some Native American boy, and instead of it being, uh, like, ancient uh, uh, China, it became the Old West. Like, that's yeah, so weird. <laughs> the setting in this game is just off. It is so bizarre. I I would be very intrigued to to play the original version to see, uh, uh, just how you know how good of a job they did with sort of you know like that journey to the west setting. Yeah. Uh, I I may not have liked reading the book very uh, the books very much, but it was very interesting at the very least. All right. So uh, so what do you give this on the eight bit scale? Uh, remove the cultural insensitivity, and I might give it a higher score, but until then, a one out of eight. I was going to say, keep the cultural sensitivity in. One out of eight. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. So long as it's culturally insensitive, I'm giving it a one out of eight. I I can't. (laughs) I can't in good conscience conscience give this game. I can't be like, oh, yeah, go play Wampum. Oh, yeah, you know. Highly recommended by Craig. (laughs) Yeah. Wampum, game of the year, Craig WK. (laughs) No, not going to happen. I I would say if you're looking at the gameplay itself, like a a four out of eight average. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't feel like like it was like horrendously bad. Maybe a three out of eight, like not great. You know, it's it's a little below average maybe. Yeah. But I I give this a two and a half. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, but honestly, because of just how terrible it is, <laughs> I've given it a one out of eight. It's just, you know, that's all right. It'll it'll be a cold day in the abyss 
when Nintendo decides to put wampum on the uh, uh, Nintendo Switch Online, that it will never see the light of day again. I'll get the petition going, Craig, and you'll be the first name on it. <laughs> but if you look at the box art, right in the bottom right corner. Oh, wait, I gotta look. Right in the bottom right corner, official Nintendo seal of quality. No, not the seal. On the cover. Man. Well, actually, no, I think it got put on the cover of lots of video games. I can't say that. But for well, this I game, mean, that, that was their whole thing was because Atari was so, uh, you know, there were so many terrible ports when Nintendo started releasing games. That seal of quality was their, it was like their trademark. I guarantee this game will be to your satisfaction. Kind Instead of, like, of just releasing games. Yeah, this cover is bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, right? Yeah, I could see. I'm changing mine to a to a one. No, I'm, changing, <laughs> I'm changing. After looking at this box art, it's a one out of eight, 100. percent Oh man, uh, yeah. What you know? What wop up? Come back when your Sayuki World Two Tenjo Kaino Majin, and we'll talk. But until then, a one out of eight. <laughs> Uh, I also appreciate that uh, uh, basically in your description of Nintendo's uh, policy on their old Nintendo games, uh, it basically was uh, uh, the commercials for Men's Warehouse. You're going to like this Nintendo game. I guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee it. it. <laughs> I don't know if everyone has that, had that commercial growing up or if it was a regional thing. I might have alienated a whole lot of our fans. Uh, but uh, I, I tell you what, uh, uh, Glitch. Let's 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 put Wampum behind us. I don't want to think about this game ever again. Uh, let's talk about our music bracket. Yeah. Uh, so what's round two, right? Yeah, yeah. Round two. This is the second matchup of round two. We got the everyone. I know Chops is upset. I, I just want to put it out there, and I know we. I feel like we talk about this every week, but Chops is not happy with this bracket. Listen, I, I. I don't think we're necessarily getting the objective answers to all of these matchups, you know, but it is what we've asked the fans to do is what song is your favorite. Now, if, if the fans jump in and they're like, Hey, I think that this is just very culturally relevant. You know, I want to select this song. We can't stop them. My hope is that people are choosing their favorite song or even what they think is objectively the better song if they want to, you know, if they're having a tough time choosing. You know, I, I I think that so long as our fans are doing that, we're getting the answers we should have, maybe not necessarily the answers that are just like, oh, well, you know, Mario 1 is objectively this amazing song and it's done all this, you know, spread all this great stuff. And yeah, but is it your favorite song? You know, that's, yeah. that's what I want everyone to look at. So I tell you what, let's jump into the first song here uh and the first round here uh from the composer robert prince we have doom on dos and this is uh the first song uh uh this is uh uh at doom's gate which is also known as uh e1m1 yeah that's right uh so let's go ahead and give this a listen
I uh, I really enjoy that song. I uh, however, I will say uh, a, a lot of what I think does it for me is the clunkiness of that like DOS sound card. Yeah. I Yeah. It's if you look at it very objectively, I think that it comes off as kind of a uh you know, like a lot of people Maybe not a lot of people, but some people complain that video game music is just like boops and bleeps. You know, that's that's what I always heard growing up, like, you know, from my family who would hear me listen to video game music. They'd be like, oh, I don't, all I hear is boops and bleeps. <laughs> and it was so annoying. But in this, you can kind of almost understand it. But, you know, the the composer, uh, uh, Robert Prince, was really able to pull a a kind of metal sound from such rudimentary sound technology yeah and i mean so uh was that rock and roll racing is that the game where it took popular rock songs yeah and converted them i mean honestly it it sounds kind of just that's exactly what this is it's a metal song that was moved over to the dos soundboard and the dos chips Mm -hmm. and this is what you get in it i mean it's perfect for the game it's so intense yeah uh but yeah, I mean, it. I, I get exactly what you're saying, and it, I mean, it's something that is this the best? Is this a song that would work in today's society? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't imagine this being in the new Breath of the Wild or something like that. Yeah, not so much. Even in, uh, uh, I feel like this would be uh, like almost a little weirdly out of place in like the new Doom game. It's like you know, all right, yeah, I mean, it kind of fits, but it is a little weird that it would end up exactly like this. Yeah, uh, but it is still but, a fun song. I really yeah, enjoy it. But I mean, I'm pretty sure it's in the new games. It's just it's transformed. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this yeah. theme is, I'm sure, at least to some degree, uh, you know, in the newer Doom games. But yeah, it's it's certainly not the DOS soundboard they're using. <laughs> uh, and well, I keep saying DOS soundboards. DOS is is the you know, uh, there were put? chips, right? Well, DOS wasn't really the chip. It was like the the the. It was like a MIDI chip, wasn't it? Was that was called? Well, DOS was like a program. Yeah. You would boot a computer in DOS. I just can't think of the exact way to word that. Uh, I. And maybe all DOS programs, like maybe all computers from back then, had about the same sound chip. I'm not entirely sure. I. But. uh, Sound Blaster. Sound Blaster, maybe. I don't know. That sounds familiar. It kind of does. Uh, yeah. In any event, though, uh, that's the the you know the first song, and that it's going up against a classic uh, from the composers Kenichi Matsubara, uh, Satoe Terashima, and Koji Murata. We have Castlevania II: Simon's Quest, the Silence of Daylight, the theme of the Tao. Let's let's go ahead and give this a listen.
Man. So the the it is certainly a more rudimentary song, of course, much like the DOS's or the version from DOS that had like a, a clunkier sound chip. I feel like that clunkiness is sort of removed with maybe not all Nintendo soundtracks, but certainly with this one. And it's a lot more of a smooth song, even though it is more simplistic compared to, of course, music nowadays. Yeah. And I mean, like all the Castlevania games on the NES, they were like next level music. Oh, like yeah. it was out of this world. I remember as a kid listening to these songs. Yeah. It's soundtracks like these that really as a kid made me love video game music. You know, because, yeah, you know, there was definitely games that had real crappy soundtracks back in the day. Not every video game has an amazing soundtrack. But uh, uh, but games like this, Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, this is why people love this game. Not the gameplay. Not the, <laughs> not the crappy, dumb things that the townspeople say. It's the music, you know. And, uh, yeah, this is, uh, uh, this is I think, going to be a, an interesting matchup. Uh, I feel like this will really be telling to kind of how the fans are are making their selections, you know? Uh, so when it comes to uh, uh, voting, we have on our Facebook page, on our Twitter account, uh, in our Discord, if you go to GameZillaMedia.com, uh, you can find a link to our Discord there and join. Uh, but on top of that, uh, so long as you're giving as low as $1 a month, you can uh, become a member of our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia uh, and uh, support us there, you get a vote there as well. But Glitch, what else do some of our uh, listeners get access to for uh, being members of Patreon? Yeah, uh, you get more than just that vote at $1. You get access to our State of the Zilla, which is a monthly show presented to you by various members of GameZilla Media. So if you are listening to other shows like Last Action Podcast and you like the guys from there, guess what? We do episodes with them and it's State of the Zilla where we talk about pretty much whatever we want. Yeah, uh, uh, the most recent episode uh, was me and Sphinx from uh, uh, Last Action Podcast talking about uh, the James Bond as a character. Uh, him as a character like in the novels, the movie version, and just sort of uh, do an hour uh, did an hour retrospective on James Bond. And how much you wish you were James Bond, right? Basically, yeah. <laughs> if I could uh, be or marry Daniel Craig, I would do it in a heartbeat. Mostly so I could be Craig Craig. <laughs> Craig Craig. Uh, but if you are generous enough to do the $5 monthly level, you get so much more. Not only do you get the stuff at the $1 level, but you also get shows from every, you get episodes, sorry, from every show on the Games Media Network. So once a month, we put out our Game Shark episode. It's a monthly show where we talk about a topic. We cover things that happen in certain years. We do our draft on the Patreon mm-hmm. show. Uh, but you also get everything that's, so you get everything prior. So not only do you get that month, you get everything from the previous month. But there's more. You get all the shows. Last Action Podcast has their post-credit scene. Noiseland Arcade has Smartline. Or, yeah, Smartline. Uh, GameZilla Podcast has their Muster Bust. And uh, Noobs and Dragon has their Behind the DM screen. So if you like D&D, they go in-depth. Craig runs the show, you know, and he covers things that are going on in the show, things you might not know behind the scenes. You get all of that as a $5 member. 
yeah, it, it's honestly pretty crazy the amount of content you're getting for giving $5 a month. Uh, and the beauty of it is that you have access to all the previous stuff and we've been doing this for a while. Uh, so even if it's just the Legend of Retro stuff that you're interested in, I mean, by all means join because if nothing else, you have, what, 20 something more episodes of Game Shark at your disposal? Yeah. yeah, we're almost at two years of doing doing Patreon on Game Shark. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're nearing the, the 24 episode mark. Uh, and that's not even counting whatever little random bonus things we might throw on there every so often anyhow. So uh, by all means, check that out. It, for all our Patreon members uh, who are, have already joined, it definitely means the world to us that uh, you support us and it allows us to be able to keep doing this show. Uh, so if you want more content from us, more bonus stuff, more fun things we could be doing, definitely support us. Well, Craig, I think that's about it. Yeah, we, I think uh, it's... Uh, we, called, we covered anthropomorphic uh beings we uh-huh. covered cultural insensitivity uh-huh we covered craig wanting to marry daniel craig uh-huh what more could you want in a legend retro episode i don't think there's anything more we could put into this so we're gonna go ahead and sign off we'll see y'all next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues, continues.